nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scoured the globe with top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So welcome back to the Matter of a Mind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer and Weight Management Expert, Narado Zico Powell. And today I have a mushroom expert for you. Yes. We're going to talk all things mushroom. I haven't done a mushroom episode since I want to say the within the first six months and I interviewed Mimi, the mushroom queen. So here's another mushroom episode because I've said this before that adding, having mushrooms into my diet, foods and supplement has been a staple in healing my gut and allow me to reverse my asthma, allergies, and any health problems that I had, I'm not going to list the whole thing because I had I had a, a, a nice little uh, wholesale off them, right? But adding mushrooms into my diet was a staple in that. And Jeff Chilton and I are going to get into that today because Jeff is the president of Namix, the first company to offer a complete line of certified organic mushroom extracts to the U.S. nutritional supplement industry. See, Namix extracts, or yes, are used in many supplement companies and are noted for their high quality based on scientific analysis of their active compounds. So stick around to talk mushrooms with us today. And of course, I have a hack for you at the end. The hack will be, why should we purchase a mushroom supplement? So stay around for that because after, we, after Jeff drops all this knowledge on you, then he's gonna explain to you why you should purchase a mushroom supplement. And with that being said, let's welcome Jeff to the show. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? Dorado, thank you so much for having me. Great to be here with you. Thank you for being here, my friend. And I'm excited to talk mushrooms. And you know why, and my audience knows why. So tell us about yourself. Well, I was born in the Pacific Northwest. And and the Washington state is called the evergreen state because, you know, we've, we've got lots of water, lakes, rivers, and it rains a lot. What does that mean? It means it's mushroom country. We have one of the best areas for wild mushrooms in the world. So I grew up with mushrooms around me. And then in the late 60s at, at university, I, my field of study was anthropology, but I also studied mushrooms, which is a, a, a field called mycology. So I put the two together, mushrooms and anthropology. And so I was studying the use of mushrooms by people worldwide for food, for medicine, and in shamanic or healing as well. Now, now look, after I got out of a university. What do you do with a degree in anthropology, Narado? I mean, how many job openings are there? Not very many. So I, I thought, 
God, I'd really learn how to grow mushroom. I love to, to do that. There was a mushroom farm 60 miles down the road in Olympia, Washington. I went down there. I got a job. I was working at that mushroom farm and it was a big farm. I was working there for the next 10 years, learning all about growing mushrooms and just as much knowledge as I could get about mushrooms in general, including nutritional value and medicinal value. So literally, I mean it. I was living with mushrooms because it was a very large farm. Two million pounds of mushrooms per year is what they were growing there. That's a lot of mushrooms. That is a <laughs> lot of mushrooms. Wow. That's, Indeed, it is. And you, that that's why you're the man to talk. You know <laughs> everything mushrooms. So I'm so excited. I'm ready. I'm, I'm going to jump out of my seat. I'm ready for this. So... You talk about anthropology and you talked about, you know, where you started, but really what piqued your interest? What, what led you to say, you know what, I need to research mushrooms as food and medicine. Well, you know what, it's, you have to remember that in a way the sixties was a time of real change. So we were questioning everything. You know, one of my, one of my mottos is question authority, but we were questioning the whole culture. That's why they called it a counterculture, right? Part of, part of that, look, Narado, part of that was diet. We were like looking at the food out there that we were eating and going, God, all of this processed foods, you know? So there's a lot of people looking at diet, um, not only that, we were exploring consciousness, right? So, so magic mushrooms came into the whole thing. Um, so this was just for me, I just thought, wow, I've got mushrooms all around me. I've been, been uh, growing up with them. I, so I studied them and just got deeper into their uses around the world through my anthropological studies. So I, I just really loved the whole thing. And again, like I say, that was a period of time when there was a tremendous amount of change going on in the culture. And part of it was diet. Part of it was consciousness. So it was very exciting time. Honestly, I feel that like we need a change in our modern day culture now. But oh, my God, go into a supermarket. Man processed foods everywhere oh no and then the mental side of it too it's sometimes nutrition is one of the hardest conversations to have with people because i've had people say stop me and say well everybody's different i know people who eat healthy and they still have this and i say hold on what you think is eating healthy and what i know is eating healthy are not the same thing and then there's a whole lifestyle switch we're not just eating healthy so the consciousness piece of what energy do you have in your life? Um, how, in what state do you eat your food? How good is your sleep quality? How many freaking steps you get in a day? Like there's so many things that goes into our health that we can't just think about one thing and our minds need to switch. Stop thinking about food as, I, want, I don't want to say medicine, but in a way, like in that sense of, if I eat this, I'll feel better. If I do that, will that happen in that sense, right? Because food is medicine. We know that. Yes, but yes, we, absolutely. But we think of it like a pill in a way. Let me take it to feel. Let me eat. If I eat some veggies for a week, maybe I'll start feeling better or this and that or whatever. Not realizing that 
usually there's a there's a host of stuff you have to do to reach good or optimal health and most of us are nowhere close to it and adding mushrooms into your diet is one of those things that i believe it should be oh absolutely and look you know i'm totally with you on this i mean look there's so many things that go into healthy living but i consider diet to be the foundation of health absolutely the foundation and you know when i went to the mushroom farm in 1973 classical nutritionists said mushrooms have no food value what that's what they believe why did they believe that mushrooms are low in calories no calories they're like this is not really a food because you have to have calories we know better than that now mushrooms actually have 20 to 40 percent protein, high quality protein with the majority of the uh, essential amino acids. They're mostly carbohydrate, but not starchy carbohydrates. They are carbohydrates like mannitol, trehalose, slow acting carbohydrates. And that's what we want. We want, we don't want something that's going to jack up the glycemic index. And the next thing you know, we're all hyped up and then we come down the other side. We want something that slow acting, um, low in uh, fats, um, good number of uh, B vitamins, B1, 2, and 3 in mushrooms. And, and then uh, essentially uh, high in fiber. This is a good thing. Mushrooms, so, so mushrooms are a really high quality food that everybody should put into their diet. I mean, in, in Asia, they've done a lot of studies on populations and they've looked at the diet and people who eat mushrooms and have more mushrooms in their diet live longer. I totally believe that because I think they're an essential part of a healthy diet. I call them the forgotten food and the missing dietary link. We need to eat more mushrooms. It's a really good food. I agree. I'm totally with you there. And I've had experts on the show who have said we've had, we need to have at least 25 to 30 different um, plant foods in our diet every week. Well, one of those you can add in is from the fungi kingdom, right? Absolutely. Mushrooms, right? Absolutely. Diversity. Yeah. I mean, we have so much evidence now that explains the diversity of our microbiome, how important that is for health. Well, adding mushrooms into a diet along with a healthy, balanced diet and, and adding in um, from teas that you drink and the uh, spices that you use and from the foods that you eat and just getting a wide variety can do wonders for your gut. And this you is, mentioned, oh, go ahead, Jeff. No, I, I just just going to agree with you there. I mean, I mean that that is just so so true. Uh, and and you know the thing about uh, mushrooms too is is and what I tell people and what's really important is look, you have to cook them properly because you, you know a lot of people, especially if they're a, a young person, they'll say, I hate mushrooms. They're these slimy things, and you know it's like, look. And cook them right. Hot pan, um, oil of your choice or, or water, whatever you want to do, but cook them at a high heat because if you don't, what happens with a mushroom is all the water comes right out of them and now they're sitting in a pool of water in your, in your fry pan. 
And this is what's wrong with what and why a lot of people say, oh, I've, I've tried mushrooms and oh, God, I don't really like them at all. No, um, cook them in a hot pan, brown them off. I cut them about a quarter of an inch thick, brown them off, um, cook them a little longer. They will shrink. You think you've got a lot of them in there. They'll shrink to half their size when you're cooking them. So be aware of that. The other thing that's so great right now is we have probably six or seven different species in the marketplace now in Arado. You know, it used to be like just the button mushroom. Now we've got all these other species. If you haven't tried the shiitake mushroom, get fresh shiitake. It is wonderful. In Asia, uh, in China, they call it shanggu. That means fragrant mushroom. Oh man, the aroma of shiitake mushrooms, the flavor of shiitake mushrooms, fabulous. So again, put mushrooms into your diet. They're a great food. They're very versatile. You can do all sorts of different things with them, you know, make it happen. Now you're like, this answer just kind of led me in a different path than what I was thinking. Cause now I'm curious about cooking mushrooms, right? So what are some, some of your, some of the best mushrooms to prepare to cook? Well, you know, my number one is definitely shiitake. I still love the button mushroom, which is the mushroom that, you know, at the farm I was on, but primarily what we were growing. But you know what? We had a Japanese scientist there and, and he was growing shiitake, oyster mushrooms and enoki mushroom. So I learned to grow these other mushrooms as well, which was really awesome. And if you haven't tried enoki mushrooms, ever seen these enoki mushrooms? They come in a, a kind of a, a, um, a small package and they're really long, very thin stems, very small caps. And there's about a thousand of them in a package. Man, Narado, if you haven't tried those, you got to try them. They're like, you know, you fry them up and they're really crispy, kind of uh, great texture, good flavor. I mean, the different species just give you a lot of options. So shiitake for sure, uh, enoki, uh, oyster mushroom is good. Sometimes you can get uh, a maitake or even a mushroom called lion's mane, which looks like a round white kind of pom-pom or something. And, and we can talk about that later too, because lion's mane is uh, used by a lot of people as a nootropic, something that can help with uh, memory and cognition, which is the, the other cool thing about mushrooms is that not only are they a great food, but they have all of these really interesting benefits, health benefits beyond just nutrition. I agree. I definitely agree. And um, with these different mushrooms that you mentioned, right, I'm assuming that different mushrooms have different uh, nutritional benefits. Can you break that some of that down for me? Sure. You know, the, the key component in the mushroom that has these health benefits is called a beta-glucan. And the beta-glucan makes up the cell wall, about 50% of the cell wall. And that's that beta-glucan, a lot of scientific research has been done on that. That enhances our immunity. That basically 
potentiates our immune system. So when we're eating mushrooms or supplementing them with them, they will help us to meet some of those health challenges that we all get, whether it is a, a virus of some sort, whether it's a cold or the flu or any other type of microbial issues, these mushrooms are in the background. And one of the things that you really need to know about mushrooms when you're either eating or supplementing is you need to do this on a, in a consistent way. You know, it's sort of like, don't think that you can you can just um, eat mushrooms today or tomorrow because, oh, gee, I feel a cold coming on, so I'm going to supplement with them or do that. No, 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 no. That's not how they work. You have to incorporate them into your diet in a regular way. They'll be sitting there in the background. When that health challenge comes along, there they are. They will actually, with these beta-glucans, stimulate the production of immune cells. God, Think about that. Foods that will help to augment your immunity, the, your immune cells to meet the challenges of some of these uh, different illnesses that come along. So this is, this, you know, and this is kind of like, you know, you talked earlier about food is medicine and, you know, it's a broad concept and, and you know, it's not like, uh, you know, thinking about, oh yeah, it's a pharmaceutical or something. No, 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 no. Food that is nutritionally really high quality, but also has these other compounds with it. Man, that's a power food. That's something that's really special. And mushrooms fit into that category. And, you know, specific mushrooms will have specific benefits. And we can talk about them individually as well. But all of them share in common these beta-glucans, which means they all will have this immunological activity. And that's why we really have to incorporate them into our diet and have them there in the background, just waiting to help you with your immunological, any immunological challenge that comes along. And the food, the mushroom is at food. I'm sorry, mushroom is food. Um, food is medicine. You explained that even better than how I was trying to explain it because you're exactly right. Don't think, oh, a cold is coming on. Now let me eat some mushrooms. No, that's not how it works. No, <laughs> right? no, no not how want, it works. These methods that we bring up on the matter over mind experience, these are preventative measures. Not yes. for when you get to the point of, oh, I'm type two diabetic. Now let me start eating well. Like, no, that's the, uh, we try to stop you from getting to the point that you are type two diabetic. Absolutely. That is so important because what we're talking about with a good diet or, or exercising or getting out fresh air and all this, we're talking about prevention. That's the key to our health. We don't wait until we break down in some way to go, oh, I need help. No, no, you have to do this. Make it part of your life and your lifestyle. That's what's so important here. And again, uh, the diet is the foundation upon which everything else is built. 100%. Now, Jeff, you've, uh, you've just accomplished something that no one that I've interviewed has accomplished. Everybody know before I interview a guest, of course, I research them and I send them a list of questions of what I'm planning to ask. In this interview, I am throwing these questions away because now Jeff has brought my mind is 
I just come thinking of completely different set of questions that I didn't even had initially because I want to dive deeper into mushrooms with this guy. And he knows everything mushrooms, right? So I want you to give me your top two to three mushrooms and some of their health benefits. Sure. Um, number one, if somebody says, what's the one mushroom I should take? I would normally say reishi. Have you ever seen a, a reishi mushroom, Narado? I have, oh, yes. man, it is beautiful. It's the cap of this mushroom is shaped kind of like a ram's horn, beautiful spiral. It's red or burgundy. I mean, it is just a stunningly beautiful mushroom. Sometimes I'll take it and I can just shine it up because it looks so beautiful. And, and it's not like a, a mushroom that you're going to actually eat as a food because it is hard as wood. Um, it's a woody, what we call polypore. So, so basically it's always been made into an extract of some sort, but reishi, um, you know, I was talking about beta glucans and the fact that they are, um, the immunologically active component of mushrooms, reishi and another mushroom called turkey tail have the highest level of these beta glucans. And that's something that we as a company measure in every single batch of extract that we make, we measure the beta glucans. And it turns out that reishi and turkey tail have the highest level. So number one, it's the, the best mushroom in terms of uh, immunological activity. It also has compounds in it called triterpenoids, which are bitter compounds and they're very good for our liver and our whole circulatory system. So it's got sort of like these dual benefits. And, and you know, every mushroom has these beta glucans, but reishi has these triterpenoids. And so, so one of the things about reishi is that, and this is also a key to knowing if you've got a true reishi product, you should be able to taste it and it should be bitter. And if it's a, if it's a really strong extract, you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> we used to do something at trade shows where we'd call it the reishi challenge. And we'd put some of the reishi extract out and then we'd put out some reishi from companies that make a whole different type. And they'd taste that one and they'd taste it and go, oh wow, this tastes pretty good. It's kind of sweet. I'm like, okay, try some of this extract. And they taste go, oh my God, that is so bitter. I'm like, yeah. That's what it's supposed to be. So if you're looking for a reishi product, and we can talk about product quality a little bit as we go along, but reishi is bitter. Oh man, is it bitter. So, so normally like it would be used traditionally in a tea and, and you just have to, you know, sometimes bitter flavor can be good. And, you know, that's something that people will talk about with diet too, is how that's something that we don't have in our diet is bitters. Instead, everything has to be sweet. And that's why so many foods out there have added sugar. And we really need to get away from that. So reishi, number one for immunological potentiation and triterpenoids um, for our, our liver and just basic circulatory system issues. The uh, other one that is really interesting these days is lion's mane. Lion's mane has 
been shown to stimulate the production of what's called nerve growth factor. We produce nerve growth factor. And what it does is it helps to organize our neurons and the production of neurons. And what happens is as we get older, that nerve growth factor, we don't produce as much of it. Well, the lion's mane can help stimulate the production of this. And what that means is that, is that if we are losing this ability to produce this or we produce less well, as we get older, one of the things that happens is our memory gets a little bit, you know, not so great. And, and so for cognition type issues, uh, lion's mane has really become popular. And, and if you look out there in the nootropics industry and companies dealing with nootropics, which, which are anything that can kind of enhance performance, you'll see that a lot of products now are, are using lion's mane, uh, whether on its own or in formulas or things like that. And the other thing about it is lion's mane is also a delicious mushroom. So some places you can actually buy it in the markets. And so that's true. So, so those two mushrooms, just to start with, are like mushrooms that are really solid and something that people should look at if, in fact, these are issues. And again, like I say, if you can put mushrooms into your diet, do that. That's number one. And number two, if you feel like, well, I'd like to go a little further. And especially with, with reishi, because you can't really put that into your diet. You can't eat it. It's like wood. Uh, you know, you'd be like chewing on it. And it's like, God. <laughs> so, so really, uh, um, that's something where you'd really have to get reishi in a supplement form. But those are two of the main of the, you know, I'd say maybe even the most popular one, the most, most well-known at this point. But those are definitely two that a person could start with. So my follow question is, uh, are all mushrooms or most mushrooms on the bitter side or in the middle or on the sweeter side? Well, you know, most mushrooms are actually um, very tasty. Very few of them that we would utilize are bitter. I mean, most of the, it's really kind of interesting because a lot of the top um, medicinal or functional mushrooms that have these high levels of beta-glucans and things like that are actually choice edible mushrooms like shiitake. Shiitake has um, immunological activity. That's definitely something. Maitake, the same, very powerful immunological activity. Maitake also has shown to be able to regulate blood sugar a little bit. So they actually talk about it for people that are uh, diabetic or pre-diabetic, getting that into your diet using maitake, it kind of can help you with the, um, your, your diet. It, it uh, um, doesn't make you feel the need to eat more food. So they've got some interesting research about maitake that way. So maitake and shiitake are, are two mushrooms that I would highly recommend, especially in terms of edible mushroom, but then you could also supplement with them as well. Perfect. Now, with that being said, now we're talking about medicinal, we're getting to the medicinal piece a little bit, right? So what are medicinal, medicinal mushrooms and what are their purposes? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because all mushrooms 
have these beta-glucans in their cell walls. All mushrooms do. And the beta-glucans are the key immunological factor. But certain mushrooms have uh, a different architecture. So the architecture of the beta-glucan, the way it's put together will differ from mushroom to mushroom. So you might be getting a lot of these beta-glucans in a mushroom and beta-glucans make up a lot of the fiber, um, but you'll get the fiber benefits of it, but you're not going to get the medicinal benefits of it because the architecture of that specific beta-glucan in that mushroom is not the architecture that gives us those uh, immunological potentiation that the top mushrooms do. So the top mushrooms have this very specific beta-glucan architecture. And the reason that, for example, in my company, um, I've got a book that says, here's 270 different mushroom species that have medicinal qualities. Oh God, 270. What do you do at that point, right? Well, what I do is go, okay, that's cool. And then I look at traditional Chinese medicine and I say, okay, what mushrooms have you been using for thousands of years in your traditional Chinese medicine? Oh, okay. You use these 10 or 12 mushrooms. Great. Now I go out to the scientific literature and I say, what are the scientists, what do they tell us? Because there's been a lot of research on mushrooms, especially from Japan and China, more in the West these days. So I look at the research. If there is a strong body of research on this specific mushroom that's been used for a long time in China, they're going, okay, now I've got both parts of this puzzle, so to speak. This is obviously one of the major mushrooms. So we have, you know, instead of 270 different species, we have approximately 10 species that we work with. Most of them will have the immunological properties, but some of them will have these other interesting properties like the lion's mane, where it has this uh, immunological uh, or, or the uh, nerve growth factor uh, stimulation or reishi where it has these triterpenes. Uh, another uh, mushroom out there that is, that is quite interesting is, uh, have you ever heard of chaga? Yes, I have. Yes. And, and you know, chaga is like, man, you, you go out there on the internet and, and companies are like, chaga, king of mushrooms. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then they'll say, there's nothing it can't do. And, 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 you know, you, you're familiar um, with what uh, a panacea is, right? You know, something that just cures everything. And so there'll be websites out there that they'll go, Chaga, it cures this, it cures that. And, and I'm always like, like, look, just shut the hell up. You know, it's like, don't tell me it cures everything. Do not do that. This is like ridiculous, but they're trying to sell something, right? Chaga has been used traditionally for immunological issues. It was a folk treatment for cancer in Russia and Eastern Europe, but it was also used for stomach issues. And so, I, so I'm like, look, if you've got a stomach issue like um, or, or a, a bowel issue, irritable bowel syndrome or Crohn's disease or something, try 
chaga. Maybe it will help you. Maybe it won't, but give, but give it a try. Another really interesting mushroom out there. Have you uh, uh, seen much uh, info on cordyceps? Cordyceps, yes. I've used cordyceps in my diet as well. Cordyceps, you know, the, the uh, uh, normally with cordyceps, it has all been used and it's all been wildcrafted wildcrafted up in Tibet and cordyceps in, in China is, is called Yartsagunba, which means um, caterpillar fungus. Mm. So it actually traditionally will grow on a caterpillar. So, so, so what happens is this caterpillar uh, goes to hibernate. It, it digs itself underground a little bit. It hibernates, it goes to sleep, but while it's sleeping, the spores of cordyceps are in the soil and it will get onto this caterpillar. They will um, basically um, germinate, consume this caterpillar. And then in the summer, up comes this little, it doesn't even look like a mushroom. It looks like a blade of grass. They call it winter worm, summer grass. And up comes this little cordyceps. In China, when they use cordyceps, they actually will consume the caterpillar as well as this little fungus. So you're like, I, I tried to, listen, I tried to introduce that to the market back in 1991. I'd show people a few of these, you know, little like blades of grass fungus on a caterpillar. And they looked at me like, <laughs> my customers aren't going to eat caterpillars. <laughs> you know, And I'm like, Okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> and, and look, one of the things that, that I want to explain to people too is um, what, what is it that we call a mushroom? Where does it come from? What's going on with it? And, and so look, um, you know, the thing about a mushroom is it doesn't have seeds. How do we grow mushrooms if we don't have seeds? God, okay, let's see. Well, first of all, mushrooms produce spores. In nature, those spores come out of the mushroom, a mature mushroom, they land on the ground, they land on wood. When the spores germinate, they will grow a very, very fine thread-like filament. And when multiple of these filaments come together, they will form a network, and that network is called mycelium. Now that mycelium is the actual body of this fungus. And it's like buried inside of its, its uh, substrate, which is like the wood it's growing in or the soil. So normally when, you, when you're out there picking a wild mushroom, you're going like, where did this come from? You know, it's not like a fruit off a tree. It's not like a tomato on a vine. Where did it come from? Well, this mycelium body is underground in the wood. You don't normally see it. So we've got this spore. Uh, it grows, uh, germinates, come, it creates this mycelium. When conditions are right, this mycelium, which has been consuming all of this organic matter, uh, up comes a mushroom. And, and, and it's like, wow, you, you know how sometimes you might be out there walking and you're walking along in a park and you, you, you walk this way every day, sometimes just on a run or a walk or something. And all of a sudden one day you go, wow, a mushroom. It wasn't there yesterday. 
Well, it probably was, but it wasn't big enough to notice. But now all of a sudden it's at a certain size and you go, oh, wow, where did that come from? Well, that mycelium is underground. So you pick the mushroom. So the, the mushroom will go through the stages of maturity. It will, uh, up comes the cap, the cap underneath are gills, the gills produce spores. Now this life cycle is complete. What do we have? We have spore, we have mycelium, and we have mushroom. And when you buy a supplement, the supplement has to tell you what part of this organism are you selling? And that's really important. For example, if you wanna, if you wanna uh, buy ginseng, what do you want? You want the root. You don't want the, the fruit or the leaves. If you, if you wanna get ginkgo, you want the leaf. If you buy echinacea, you want the flower. So plant part is really important. And it is this mushroom, that we want when we're looking for a supplement. And one of the things that's happening out there, Narada, is that, is that some companies will sell this mycelium and they'll call it a mushroom and it doesn't have the same properties. So that's one of the things that anybody who's buying a, a mushroom supplement have to be really aware of. And, and that's one of the, they're supposed to absolutely tell you what it is in that bottle, what plant part, what part of this organism that you're so, getting. That's perfect. Cause I was going to actually ask you that. So break that down again for us. So when purchasing a mushroom supplement, what parts of the mushroom are we supposed to, we supposed to have? Okay. So again, this organism, this fungal organism, we want the mushroom part. That's what we want. That is what you eat. That's what has been used in traditional Chinese medicine. But what happens is that a lot of companies, what they do now is they grow that mycelium. And mycelium looks just like mold. That's what it looks like. It's just a, a very white. So, so if you ever, have you ever seen, uh, you've probably seen like a bread mold, right? Mm -hmm. Something growing on your bread and you go, oh man, okay, I got to toss that out, right? So, but what that is, is that is mycelium that is growing out on the bread. And then the color, like sometimes it's green, those are spores. And you can, and you know, you, you like take that and you, you get it out and all of a sudden you see this poof, well, what the hell is that dust? Well, it's spores. Okay. So, so companies will grow this mycelium on sterilized grain and when it's completely grown through with mycelium, they will then put it out, uh, dry it out, grind it to a powder, grain and all, and then they will sell it and call it a mushroom. Wow, got you. So I have a follow-up then. Is there a way to recognize? So you say they have to tell you, right? They have to tell you, but outside of them telling you on the box or on the packaging, is there a way to identify um, the mushroom versus the mycelium? Well, you know, first of all, it's very difficult if they're just giving you a powder, right? Um, but, you know, what's interesting about these particular products is that um, they're mostly grain. Okay, they're mostly grain. Is there any test out there for the grain? Well, for one, you can taste it. 
And if it tastes bland, if it has kind of a, a bland color too, but you can taste it normally and it doesn't even taste mushroomy. It tastes kind of like just flour, but here's a really cool test because um, mushrooms do not have starch. You know, you know, you've probably heard of the fact that we share some attributes with mushrooms, the humans and mushrooms sort of share attributes, you know, because there's the kingdom of plants, there's the kingdom of animals, Mushrooms are right in belief in between the kingdom of fungi. So we share, um, instead of uh, a mushroom having starch like plants, mushrooms produce glycogen. We produce glycogen as our storage carbohydrate. So mushrooms, we share that. Mushrooms also breathe in oxygen and exhale carbon dioxide. Plants, it's just the, diff, the, the opposite, right? They take in uh, carbon dioxide, uh, exhale oxygen. So it's really cool that way. But when it comes back to the mushroom and the mushroom product, one of the things we can do, because mushrooms have no starch, these grains are starchy. If you buy a small bottle of iodine, just a tiny, you know, two or three bucks, small bottle of iodine. Take your mushroom product and maybe empty four or five capsules or put a gram or two into a quarter cup of water, stir it around really good. Let it sit for about 10 minutes then stir it up. Now put 10 drops of iodine into it. If the color of that liquid turns black, what that means is it's mostly starch in that product. So that tells you that that mushroom product that says mushroom on the label, it might just be what I call mycelium on grain. And, and you're getting mostly grain instead of the mushroom. And, and just to, to give your uh, uh, audience an idea of what these products are, are, are you familiar at all with the food called tempeh? No, I'm not. Tempeh is, um, it's really kind of cool. They use it out, they, they grow it out in Indonesia. And what it is, is it's cooked soybeans, and then they grow fungal mycelium on it. So when you buy a package of tempeh, usually it's in the refrigerated section of uh, a store, you get it and it's in this package and it's kind of white and you slice it and, and it's like you can see all the soybeans in there, but the white part of it is actually mycelium. So it's actually kind of a food product. Well, that's what these companies are doing. They're making something very similar to that, but instead of it being a food, they're actually drying it out, grinding it to a powder and calling it a mushroom. And so you could be looking at these products on the shelf and it might have a picture of a mushroom and it might say reishi mushroom or shiitake mushroom, when in fact, it's not, it is this other product. Some companies will actually tell you on the back, you turn it around, supplement facts, it might say mycelium, but if you look into the fine print, sometimes it'll say myceliated rice, myceliated oats. Now that's a dead giveaway. You know for sure that that's a product that you want to avoid because 
It doesn't have the beta glucans. Instead, it has mostly starch. And you thought you were buying a mushroom. You're not. So, man, I, I tell you, you have to be very careful when you want to buy a supplement. Wow. You know, your answer is very similar to uh, Mimi, the mushroom queen, who I, who I interviewed uh, last year. And she said basically the same thing that she did, except you went into further detail than she did. So, and that's very important because I want my audience to know that when, if you're going to look for a product, you want to make sure that it is, it is a good product and it has what it says it has. And in case of Namex, you're looking at it being scientifically verified, which is very important. And you tell us what's actually in it, right? So that's perfect. And you know how I know that you are a mushroom expert, other than everything you've said just a while ago, is because I was the story of the book when there were over 200 and odd mushrooms, right? And then you looked at, okay, Chinese medicine, how many were being used? And it was about 12 or so. And then you look at the scientific studies. Then you start, then you narrow it down. That's where a lot of us really go wrong because we don't look at all sides of the of everything, right? You look at, so you look at the, the ancestral living, the ancestral background. Then you also look at the scientific piece of it and you put those together because some people just think about science. Some people just think about ancestral living. Our ancestors used to do that. Well, our ancestors didn't know everything either. We're smart enough to put two things into one. So that's how I know that you are an expert in what you do. And with that being said, I want to finish off by asking, if someone wants to purchase um, your mushroom supplements, how can they do so? Well, <clears throat> my company, Namex, um, sells bulk to other businesses, but we have a retail side, a retail division. It's called Real Mushrooms. So if you go to the site realmushrooms.com, you can buy the products in retail packaging there. And, and you know, the other thing I, I want your listeners to know is that on both of those sites, realmushrooms.com or namex.com, we've got a ton of educational information. On the Namex side, we actually have a menu there that's education. Go there. I've got slideshows there that tell people uh, and show people how we grow our mushrooms, how we make our extracts. There's so much information there. And so uh, that's what I'd really like your viewers to do is to go and uh, look at some of this educational, especially the slideshows. I mean, the mushroom farms are incredible. You, you can't believe it. Just like this mushroom farm I'm sitting in right now. You know, it's like seeing these farms. It's incredible. It really is. And uh, by the time this comes out, I'll have you be able to use my code Zico Health to get a discount on their products as well. So we'll uh, we'll this. So um, yeah, go go out there looking to get into a mushroom supplement. I knew that I said that there was going to, the hack was going to be why you need to purchase a mushroom supplement, but the last four or five questions, that was basically the hack altogether. So I, the, the way that Jeff just put it all together was, is totally fantastic. I love his work and we're going to do some more work in the future. So thank you, Jeff, for being here. And uh, well, it's what, 940 or 950 where you are in, uh, in the future in Australia. <laughs> so enjoy the rest of your day. Yes, okay? it is. I'm coming, you, coming to you from tomorrow. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Time travel. Yeah, thank you so real. much. Thank you so much for having me, Rado. It's been a great, uh, it's been a pleasure to be here talking to you.
Pleasure is all mine. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.